the Three Guys Podcast. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Three Guys Podcast. Uh, today, it's myself, Derek, and we will be joined by Drew Newman um, of Remedy Massage Therapy Holistic Wellness. But um, I guess before we jump into that, Derek, before you do the introduction, I'm kind of, you know, when you sent me this information over earlier, um, got a chance to take a peek at some of the um, the things that he does. And uh, it's so funny because I feel like there's a lot of times to um especially recently and it even says that in there with the holidays that like your body you know can kind of feel some of the the stresses you know from daily lives and holiday stuff and whether it's work or whatever but i often find myself at work sometimes or even sometimes driving and you're thinking about a lot of stuff and like you can almost feel your body tense up um yeah and like i could as i'm typing like you're trying to get something done really quick I can feel it in my back and everything else. So those are questions I'll be interested to, you know, touch base with Drew and, um, you know, get get his insight into some of that stuff and everything else that he does. So with no further ado, Derek, go ahead. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like bad posture when you do things that kind of leads to other things, but yeah, I can't, you know, I came across Drew and I'll do his introduction, but when um, I was going to massage envy and then, you know, they shut down my, my location. So I had to find someone new. I was out probably about a year of not having, having someone to do a massage. So um, I went online and I talked to someone and they, you know, they definitely recommended Drew and that's how I ended up choosing Drew. And um, it's been a godsend because not only does he do do the great massages, but like he was saying before, there's a lot of talk going on before and after that we spent a lot of time doing and just talking about life in general. So it's a cool thing, but without further ado, um, so trained in massage therapy and polarity energy healing, lead therapist Drew Newman has earned a reputation for his ability to zero in on the root of an issue an intuitive sense for depth and pressure, often described as gentle yet firm, and the knowledge to combine spiritual healing and relaxation techniques with a deep understanding of anatomy and body work. A session with Drew is not a cookie cutter experience, it's custom approach to your specific and ever-changing needs every time. Drew, welcome to the Three Guys Podcast. How are you guys doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm I am all ready to, to jump in and what Brett was saying about all of that tension. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you will let you steer the ship. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the first part of it, I mean, I, if this doesn't like um, narrow it down, I mean, Derek didn't hit on this one, but the tension we hold in our bodies goes deeper than we may think. Our bodies also hold our stress, trauma, negative emotional energy resulting in tightness and pain. So immediately I was like, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I know what you want Derek to start a ship, but why don't we jump into this? Jump in so, a little bit here. Yeah. I, um, to expand about like what you're talking about and where that comes from. And I talked, I've talked to a lot of people about this is when we think about the way that we kind of develop as people think about when you're a kid and, the, and you get yelled at your body tenses up in a physical defensive posture. Mm-hmm. And so you develop this kind of automated response to the stressors in your world. And you have a physical response that relates to it being your mind processing it as like a physical threat. Cause without getting, I don't want to get too confusing on this, but we're, we're a creature that evolved from, you know, an animal mind and then turned into a conscious mind. And we still have a lot of those kind of brain features running in the background. So 
emotional stress is processed in our body the same as a physical threat. Like your mind doesn't know the difference. And so the way that what they call um, like your cellular memory and your emotional stress, like it gets stored in your muscles by the way that it causes your body to tense up as if it's about to get into a fight. So what that can mean is when you're on a deadline at work, your body is fighting the battle as if some kind of like saber tooth tiger is trying to get on you and kill you. Right. Yeah. That's what and, I feel. <laughs> and over time, it becomes a repeated, a repeated movement where that tension locks in and, and reoccurs every single time the same stressful stimulus happens. And that's where like your emotional storage can start being a thing because your the way that your body is tensing is holding the memory of the response of why it started tensing in the first place. Gotcha. It's, a, it's a very big answer to chew on, but I, I hopefully it makes sense. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you, um, you know, there's oftentimes and I'm there too. I'm not, not to make it about me, but I get, I'm sure like there, there's other listeners out there, people that kind of feel the same thing at times is I even find myself like taking deep breaths, Drew, you know, like, and like, you know, and I know taking a, a breath is, is good, but I, I feel like I'm sometimes taking them for the wrong reasons. And, um, the question I have is sometimes too, is like with those things, when you, your body does tense up on, you know, with these emotional, um, baggages that are inside you, like what is the outcome on your body? So we can talk about chemi chemically, how it's, we are activating a cortisol response, which is the stress hormone. So we're pumping, we're pumping hormones into our bodies that then kind of sit in the muscles because I, like, I don't want to get too technical, but right. the entire, I think it's cool. The entire way our body works. And it's, it's pretty crazy to think about is our brain sends signals to a hormonal a hormonal system, which sends chemical responses throughout the body that cause the everything to work. And so when you have constant stress, the brain is saying like, that's the only way it knows how to talk to you is by showing you signals in your body. So it keeps pumping cortisol to say like, Hey, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Mm -hmm. If we have so many tools to ignore it, like all of the distractions we have in our life and our, our phones, the TV music, you like make cracking jokes, just all that suppression, your body's not stopping. It's still sending all of those, those hormones into your body that something's wrong. And they, they build up and store in your muscle. And so that's really where the tension is coming from is we're pumping chemicals into our muscles mm -hmm. that are just sitting there because nothing is happening to clear them out. Good stuff. So, so true. We always, you know, this is your part of the, uh, we'd like to do a local business highlight. Mm -hmm. um, we've done other lo local businesses as well. So we try to with the small businesses. Um, so I think what the list is like to do start from the beginning and, you know where you grew up and how you ended up actually uh, becoming massage therapist and choosing that field. I think people would be interested to see how you ended up going from you know point A to point B. Okay, sure. Um, the tale begins on Beach Road in Salisbury. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like sounds like a Christmas Carol. Yeah. I, I except for on the Christmas season. I am a local guy. I grew up um, on a little neighborhood off Beach Road and. So the way the story actually goes is when I was young, my parents took me to church and little Drew loved church. And I actually thought I was going to be a priest. And I went to Catholic school 
and I, I did all of the, the altar boy stuff. And I just, I loved mass and I loved the entire experience of like the spiritual gathering, even though I didn't know what that was at that point. Um, that kind of faded away when I was a teenager, but my, my love of like theology never went away. So in high school, I started studying a lot of Eastern philosophy and Eastern religions. I dabbled in everything. And so a lot of people know me because my dad is Tom of Tom's discount from town. And so I was a retail working boy who loved weird esoteric philosophy and spirituality. And what actually caused me to get into this field is after at that point, it was like an eight year serious meditation practice COVID hit. And I had to fire all of my employees at Tom's. I was stuck in my house absolutely by myself. And it was a real rough time. And as I kind of like sat and did my practice, I came to the point where I realized that I, I didn't want to just sell stuff to people. I wanted to do something that helped. And I wanted to take, I, a better way to put it is I asked myself the question, what is the thing you have done your entire life, regardless of where you are, what's going on, what you're into, whether things are good or good or bad. And my spiritual practice had been something that was always with me. And so as I was trying to figure out what I could do, I realized that I wanted to incorporate that into my work. I considered being like a life coach or something like that, but I had received uh, energetic massage myself and I loved it. It was, it was better than therapy. Like massage therapy helped deal with my emotions better than talk therapy did. And so I just, during COVID, I took the leap wearing mask, goggles, aprons, gloves, <laughs> um, <laughs> I went to massage therapy school and luckily I was really good at it. But so it was during that time where I completely shifted careers. And honestly, it's been the best choice I ever made because everyone always says, do what you love and you never work a day in your life. And I honestly get to do what I love every day. You know, you, Drew, you, Drew, Drew, I don't mean to I got, I got a quick question for Drew because yeah. he just he, cut he, me he, off. He, Drew, no, no, he does this no, all no, the no, time. No, 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 because this is something that we never had discussions when we were doing the massage. Like, we have a long time to talk before and afterwards. Yeah, so, Derek, Drew, you, nev you never. Me. So yeah, so Drew, you never. Getting something important. No, Drew, you <laughs> never brought up the fact about you like going to church and that whole part of that beginning. Yeah, that was. Um, you know, yeah, we never discussed that. You like something about Mary? We'll have to delve into that the next one. <laughs> <laughs> that was, it, it was up through. So I went to like Catholic school until I was in fourth grade. And then all through elementary school, I would go to Bible camp and I, there, I, I would read at church. That was how I, that's how I first learned to be a, a guy on stage is I would go and read the gospel. And there was just, there was something about the energy. Um, like as a kid, I barely understood what we were doing. And as I got older, I understood it more, but there was just something about the energy that felt right. And to kind of continue on to that, like it has expanded into this realization that the, the spiritual parts of ourselves is important. And like, we can move a lot of stuff by tapping into that bigger consciousness. I'm, I'm trying not to go too woo-woo because I, I don't know who listens, but when we oh, put no, ourselves- that's good. It's yeah. good to do. No, so that, I'm, I'm actually curious, Joe. I, I don't know if this is going, sometimes my brother actually asks some right questions here. So yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to piggyback on everyone. Everyone's uh, <laughs> a while, I throw something. I throw a bone to everyone. Yeah. I, get, um, I just, I was just having a discussion with a friend of mine the other day about this and I'm um, like, 
Derek would probably uh, agree with me on this. Like, I mean, we went to church as a kid, but we didn't go often. Like, it, it was you know a couple of times, and that was it. The, the church thing wasn't necessarily all like it, even now. It's not something that I want to do, you know. Um, and like, there's this thought about you know this other part, like the um, you know, and I know you talk about this mindfulness and the spirituality almost something sometimes too like the buddhist right they kind of do things similar to this and if i'm speaking on a turn here mm-hmm. correct me um where it's not i'm not i, I can't get into the, the church part of it you know that yeah um but i feel like there's this part here that um that it's different i can't spit it out there <laughs> so, just looking no, at me no because i'm thinking i'm thinking of myself drew i don't mean to cut you off but i'm thinking of myself what little listeners we have we just lost all of them religious <laughs> just talking it's like going to church so they, no but I mean, it's a it's a different like it's not church but there's another part that this is this isn't church but like so, what your teaching has let me jump and, in. and i know that's true is going to tackle this let me let me her. jump in so the the truth is is that the the story starts with me loving church but the important part is that i i fell out of christianity as a teenager and i am not judging anyone it's just I had experiences that took me out of that path and where I've now landed is I consider myself a Buddhist. And mm-hmm. the reason I can cons- I enjoy Buddhism so much is because it's, it's considered technically to be non-secular where there's no deities, there's no gods, there's no man in the sky controlling. It is, it is more of a tool set that's more philosophy and psychology based on seeing the the chaos of the world as the truth that it is. And it brings you into like the, so the place that lit me up when I was a kid is it's, it's the connection. It's the connection that even like, cause our human minds don't feel like the world is organized the way it should be because things don't always go our way. And so like kind of the root of spiritual pursuits is getting yourself in a position where you can be more honest with what this experience is supposed to be. And like the Buddhist tenets are number one, life is suffering. Suffering will happen. And it sounds very dark, but what it's saying is like, you were never promised that this was going to be peaches and cream the whole way through. Mm -hmm. And then from there, Buddhism extrapolates into a multitude of teachings on how to deal with this world that kind of sucks. It's beautiful. Wonderful things happen all the time, but there will be pain. That's that's kind of a guarantee. Like the sheer fact that we die puts we're going real deep really yeah, early yeah. in the podcast. The sheer fact that you die puts into place a lot of things that we're going to have to deal with. Like we don't have unlimited time. We can mm. make mistakes that we may not ever be able to fix we we have a limited amount of chances to get things right we're gonna screw up like all of these things are part of how this world works and when they happen they can be overwhelming and developing a tool set to be able to better cope with them is incredibly important sure definitely so true you um did i cut you off again Brett? no <laughs> i don't know if you had a follow-up question no 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 go ahead so Drew, so you started off actually at a, at a um, at Elements. You started off at Elements, correct? Yeah, I worked at the Elements and New Report. Yeah, so you started off, and you know, we didn't jump right into business yourself. You you worked at Elements. So what made you finally decide to give you that push to go out on your own? Because that's a 
that's a tough leap. It's a big leap, and it's um, it's a leap some people don't want to take because of you know, create start your own business, especially when you're just by yourself. Um, so give the listeners how you you transfer into you know basically jumping into a, a small business. Yeah. Um, so I always kind of knew that that's what I wanted to do. As as someone who from a young age was running a retail business, I had a lot of experience in how to do business. And I want to take a quick tangent here to anyone listening. Uh, one of the things that I've told a lot of my 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 peers in the massage world who haven't kind of taken the leap is that uh, the town wants you to make your own business. Like the town does better if you create a small business. So if you're someone who has an idea and you're considering starting your own business, just realize that there is a huge circle of support who wants to help you out. And the town itself is on your side. I know that can often feel like only the corporations, like the, the big, big companies can win. But I just want to, want to take that little tangent to say that like, we can, we can all do it and it's encouraged. So having the experience I had, I knew that I wanted to start my own business and I worked at elements for nine months. I was treated incredibly well. I have to, I will always say that the, the staff at elements was, was great. Um, but what I realized is my clients would tell me that it, they had to book out like six. I, I had a, a six month book out because I was so busy. I had so many people come in to see me that it was impossible for new people to come find me. And that's a pretty good message that you can be successful on your own. Like I was bringing an X factor to the table that would lead me to success in the outside. And it is scary but I did have the advantage of having a space set up. My brother is Newman Chiropractic in Salisbury and I, I practice with him now. We're separate businesses in the same house, but um, you just got to do it because you're, you're not going to succeed if you don't push yourself. Right. What were going back through what even a little bit before that you got into elements in the process, how you made that transition during like COVID, what, what was like the training you know, for some, for listeners that potentially may be interested in this, like, w- what does that look like to get you to where you were in, you know, a, a position with, you know, elements to, and obviously where you are now? So I, I went to Spot Tech back when it was in Ipswich. They're in North Andover now. Um, I did a 750-hour training program. The, I'm pretty sure the Massachusetts standard is only 600 hours, but the national standard is closer to 750. So there's a secondary program you can do in polarity to get you to that like national that national bar um i mean the process the the nuts and bolts of it are it's blocks of training where you learn where you for us it was a little bit different because we couldn't bring in the public so it was a we worked with each other a lot and so there's blocks where i was gonna say with covid going on you had to have that's gonna be tougher yeah well it's tougher but it worked out in a really it, it ended up being really beneficial because we were so close to each other. And so we'd go in and we'd get instruction, we'd learn new techniques. And then you have clinic where we would usually work on the public, but we worked on each other. And the opportunity that it provided during COVID was we were all so close because, you know, everyone was isolated. So we were this kind of little tight knit family. Everyone felt really comfortable being honest and giving each other criticism. So you, we were getting feedback constantly on our work. And when you're working with another massage therapist, 
they're going to notice when you do something that doesn't feel good. Yeah. And they're going to call you out on it. And so it was a really powerful tool to be in that isolated space where we were all helping each other grow. Yeah, that makes yeah, that makes sense. Like you know, sometimes when if you get someone else that comes in there, they might not tell you because they don't want you to feel bad or that you're yeah, not doing sure. it right. And just so for the the nitty gritty of it, um, that is so you need to if you want to become a massage therapist yourself, you need to go through an accredited program, uh, complete the hours, complete the clinic hours, and then you become licensed. And then it's just it really is just a matter of your skill. Um, after that, it's just it's normal. Apply for the job, get the job, kind of thing. So what um when you create your own business, what made you go with the name Remedy Massage? Um, it originally it was not my first name. My first name was going to be Spirit Fire Massage. Really? I yeah I I that name to me. So there's always been a theme in the work I do, and part of my mission statement is is close to the term of Spirit Fire because it there it, I see it as it relating to this like your inner fire. Like the fire from your from your third chakra that says, like, I'm gonna do this. Like it is it is the energy that comes into you when you need to overcome obstacles, when you need to take risks. That's the you know that it's the drive. Like we feel it, athletes know what that inner fire feels like. It's when you're pumped up and you're ready to go. And so that was my first name. But honestly, what I realized is my technique were more like sports therapy than just holistic. And when it comes to naming your business, you want to represent, I mean, your name represents a lot of what you do. And so when I ended up deciding to change it, it was a big focus on how do I advertise that I fix people? Because that's, that's really where I've kind of lasered in my techniques is I want to be able to like, Derek, you've experienced it. When you come in, I ask you, like, how are you doing emotionally? How are you doing physically? What's bothering you? Where have you been hung up? And I can laser focus in on when you're like, oh, my hip's out like this. So what were you doing? It's like, oh, I was going for a run, but it was on the beach. And I usually don't run on the beach. And I can start putting together a game plan being like, okay, it sounds like you're in an incline. This hip was going to exhibit impact. That means it's going to be piriformis. That's I mean, it's going to be glute major. That means it's going to be some psoas. I'm building a plan to counteract your pain based on how you did it to yourself without even you knowing. So I threw a bunch about a lot of names and then it was just the concept of like, Oh yeah, we can remedy that. Like massage is the remedy became the kind of tagline. It's, it's a business where we can fix what's wrong. And it's a, it's a bold claim to make, but I've been pretty successful with it so far. It, it sounds like it, it's it, the, the massage part of it. How did you, this other part, the self-care, the meditation, the mindfulness, what was your process to kind of learn that and educate yourself? So explain that a little further, what you're asking. Well, there, there's a, another piece here. Like, it, you know, you talk a little bit about, um, you know, like what mindfulness is and Mm-hmm. Um, okay, don't you yeah. talk a little bit about that in like in part of your websites too you said something before too is it what what is shakti is that what is it called yeah 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 shakti is a um is a hindi term i believe from okay Hinduism. so shakti is the um the power it's the divine essence and it's the so i, I get what you're saying We're, we'll answer both those questions the quick answer for shakti is it is 
it is the Eastern con- concept of the divine essence. It's it is what we are, and like when we're depressed, when we're stressed, when we're out of whack, it's what we're lacking. So Shakti is what we call it. It's kind of it's the power that the universe gives us to be our most evolved self. Um, mm. And so when you're asking what made me want to bring in these other factors, I mean, a lot of that just comes from my own personal experience. Like I, I went through a divorce and was really struggling and I had dabbled in lucid dreaming. I had a, I mean, I've had a history of researching all of these spiritual practices, but I had never really devoted myself to the practice themselves, which Mm -hmm. is a very common issue that a lot of us have. We like to learn, but we don't like to do. So at that time in my life, I started doing, and I started doing very vision vigilantly and I saw how much of an impact it had. And so the, the more spiritual holistic side that comes from personal experience of knowing that both sides of things need to be balanced. And so you brought up the term self-care and I'll, I'll be the one behind the curtain who says, we talked about how I wanted to talk about self-care. Because it's one of the mindfulness and self-care are the two buzzwords that have been co-opted and kind of degraded of their meaning. Like a lot of people kind of assume that self-care just means making yourself a bubble bath, ordering a pizza, drinking a a milkshake Mm. and watching a, watching a sappy movie. (laughs) But true self-care is, has a bigger element of discipline. It is, it's knowing that if your mind's out of whack, you need to go do something about it. Like you need self-care is going and scheduling a session with a therapist or a healer or scheduling a massage, whatever, you know, helps you self-care is making sure you do that. Even if you don't want to self-care is also taking care of your body. It's exercising because you know, it's going to help. It's, it's cleaning up your space because you know that that will make you feel better. It's sitting down and meditating, not because of the instant gratification, but because it will bring you more reward in the future. Self-care is more of a disciplined process of doing the things you need to do to set yourself up to be more successful in the future. So building off of that, who are the, because, you know, we talk to people and they say, well, you know, I said, I get a massage. They're like, well, you know, what, you know, what do I need a massage? Stuff like that. And there's people out there and I say, well, you know what? It's, it's a good, it's a good relaxer. You know, you hit the, the points of your body, like my brother brought up both issues you're dealing with, whether it's working, tensing up and other things. And um, so who is your, you know, why should people get massages? What's the, um, you know, I don't think people think they have to have a problem to get a massage. They just want to, you know, why should people get massages? So uh, on a base level, the, the first impact a massage makes is it, it, I mean, the very like clinical is it increases blood flow. It releases muscles. It gets things moving. It moves lymph. Like it's a healthy thing to do. Our bodies build up a lot of residue, both like inside the body and massage is a thousand year old time proven way to get things flowing in the body again. On the next step up from there, we mentioned in the very beginning how like bad posture causes pain. Massage increases range of motion. It sets you up to not be feeling those aches and pains in your hip and your upper back and your neck so that a more healthy posture is easier. It takes stress and tension and pain out of the muscles so that moving around freely is easier. And like it, it, those massage sets you up so that you can take care of your body better. 
Like we're, we're helping break the blockages that are keeping you stuck where you are. And the, the crazy reality is, uh, Derek, you might know if you take a few months off from fe- getting a massage, you're like, I feel normal. And then you get body work done and you're like, oh my God, I was in so much pain and I didn't even know it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, hundred percent right with that. I mean, I and I think that um, you know, there's other. I think the other myth out there is that I don't know if it is or not. People come in there, but if you have like an injury, people realize, well, I don't want to go in there because I'm concerned that that might do something. And you know, and what would you tell someone who wanted to come in like this? And I have a, whether they have a sports injury or they just have a regular back issue. You know, what do you tell someone like that to say? Hey, you know what, massage is good for you for that reason. So what I would say is any massage therapist worth their salt knows what the contraindications are. So if you come in with a back injury, we'll ask you and be like, how recent was it? Like, what are you in spasm right now? Like, just as an example, all massage therapists should know you don't work on someone with a whiplash within three days of them getting whiplash. But what we can do is if you're not in that zone of contraindication, we can work very precisely to create more motion in this, in the place that's injured. I work with a lot of athletes who I work with marathon runners. Um, and these are people who are training hard and they come in to see me so I can keep them in good shape. Like their legs get really bound up and we help to just, we break up all that lactic acid in their quads. We help add range of motions to their hips. We, we help break up what's going on with their gait so that they can move in a better posture and not cause damage to their body. I work on people like me and my brother work in tandem. Like I said, he's a chiropractor. People will get it. will get adjustments and come and see me. And cause one of the biggest things that happens with low back injuries, which are huge, like that's one of the most popular things people come in with is when you have a spinal issue occur, signals get sent out to the muscles to say, Hey, clamp down on that vertebrae. Like something's wrong. Clamp down. It's, it's the inflammation response. So we can subtly work with those muscles and, you know, there's more techniques than just dropping an elbow into someone. There's soft techniques. There's myofascial there. There's all kinds of small things we can do to create more movement and tell those muscles that are having an overactive response to calm down. And it's going to, that causes so much relief. Um, the services that you offer, um, Drew, um, I was looking at the, you know, your uh, webpage and it's remedysalisbury.com. Um, talk about some of the techniques that you use and um, some of the services that you provide there. Mm-hmm. So I'm generally a deep tissue therapist. That doesn't mean that I'm just here to beat you up. Deep tissue, the actual definition of it is feeling into the muscle tissue and working it layer by layer so you can get deeper and deeper. There's a big difference between deep tissue and heavy pressure. Some people prefer heavy pressure. So that means you're just dropping elbows in and cause that's all they can, that, that feels good to them. But you can also do a deep tissue massage with like, I use cupping a lot and cupping is a very surface level technique. That's actually breaking up the myofascial layer. And I realize I've said that a few times. So I'll explain what that is your body, you have your skin and then you have your myofascial layer. Then you have your muscle. The, the fascial layer is the connective tissue that holds your skin to your muscles and also holds your muscles in place. It can get tight. It's a collagen based connective tissue 
that can bind up. And the example I use is it's like, you know, those morph suits, those like spandex full body suits that are mm-hmm. completely tight. Yeah. What's my brother wear all the time? Yeah. <laughs> if, if you were to take one of those and like grab it at the hip and twist it, you would see all the lines of tension appear through the legs and through the stomach and up to the shoulder. And so even working those superficial layers is going to create release on the rest of the body. And um, so that's how I like to work. It's, I mean, my bio says it's very laser focused because it is, I have a very intuitive touch and I can feel into your body. I mean, we all start with what they call the effleurage, which is the basic Swedish. We're kind of just applying lotion and, and going over things. But while I'm doing that, I'm kind of scanning in to be like, okay, it's tight here, it's bound up here. And then I look at if you're bound up in this shoulder here, what else connects to the to that shoulder in the back? Well, the chest does because the chest pulls forward. So if I'm feeling knots in the upper back, that means we're going to take a look at the upper back. We're going to see how it's rating in, into the neck. We're going to go into the shoulder, see if there's tightness going into the tricep and the bicep. We're going to go into the chest, see if that's tight there. And we're attacking this from all angles, because if you have a knot in your back, it doesn't mean you're just tight in your back. It means there's a lot of other factors at play. Mm-hmm. So true. You offer three different types of sizes, 60, 90 and 120. Mm-hmm. So if I'm a new person walking in, maybe never had a never had a massage before, what's the time limit you recommend for someone who's just getting their maybe their first massage? So honestly, 90 minute sessions are the way to go. The the one hour session, we kind of get to touch on everything, but we don't have the time needed to really do any deep work into trouble areas. So for someone who hasn't gotten massaged before, you're going to have spots that are tight and the 90 minute gives plenty of time to be able to work in those areas and actually get relief. If you are, if you are someone who's just dealing with life stress and you're really just focusing on the natural relaxation that happens from massage an hour, an hour can do the trick there. You get to lay on the table and Derek, as you said, we get to talk a bit and help those things release. And I, I do a pretty good job of being able to hold a space where those things can just release i my intention is to have my massage room be a no complete no judgment zone a complete safe space private we're not going to tell no one else is going to find out about this stuff if you break down in tears because i do that all the time every massage i gotta end up crying (laughs) (laughs) my brother likes a good cry too yeah Yeah, i do every once in a while you know Maybe not every massage, but it it, it does happen because like you, those things that you've been dealing with not up in your body when they get released, it feels very it, it's just a big release. So if you're dealing with like some tight hips, low back issues, pain in the neck, um, a nine minute massage is really the way to go. the The two hour massage is the Rolls Royce. We get to work into everything. It's plenty of time to do detail work on every part of the body. And the one hour massage is just, it's a little tune up, but there's only so much time. Another way to do it, if the price or the time is kind of an issue, is doing a focus session with that one hour. So if you are dealing with back issues, we do a one hour massage. We just focus on your upper lower back, your neck and your chest, but we can really work deep into those areas the entire time. So you, you, um, you have a thing that you mentioned too, called, uh, 
seasonal depression, right? Oh yeah, uh-huh. Drew. My my brother goes into seasonal depression when uh-huh. like the oh. summer ends and the fall ends, and he can't wear shorts anymore for like the uh-huh. good, <laughs> next three four months. He gets so pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> True. If you know, you, since you live in Salisbury, you know you've been on the center of Salisbury, right? You can see the the clowns up above the air. You know, and one of them's got a smiley face, and the other one's got like a. Yeah, sad yeah. face. That's my sad face during the winter time. It gets to that point. <laughs> I will say, uh, Salisbury's the Salisbury Square right now looks gorgeous with all those trees. Oh, it does. No, they did a great job. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. You know, you, you you stay like that, but then after yeah, Christmas, but you're you're the sad cloud above Joe's playland. Yeah, yeah. well, that's when Christmas comes and goes. It's like I think it's January, February, and you're like, oh boy, what are we doing now? Yeah. <laughs> um, talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, and how like the seasonality has an effect on us and how, you know, what you got, what you do there um, yeah. can, can help. So there's, there's like three different angles of approach. I want to take here. We have, so we have the, the more science-based as the days get shorter, we're getting a vitamin D shortage. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just in vitamin D is very important for producing all the happy chemicals. And it, so we're getting we're getting hit from a chemical level from not having enough light. We're getting hit on our circadian rhythms because three o'clock rolls around and your body starts going like, oh, we're done for the day. So we feel like we have no time to do everything, anything. It's cold. It's miserable to go out. Like when you think about the the middle of the summer where it's it's bright out and it's nice and you can just roll out, you can just put your shorts on, go outside and like it feels good to be out and about. It takes so much more effort to get out of the house in the wintertime and do it. Hmm. Like you, okay, we're going to go out. We're going to go out to like a show or something. Well, we got to double layer up. We got to heat up the car. Uh, like, yeah, it looks like, like the, Christ- the Christmas story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. wrap around the little sky. I can't. We're, my we're, already, we're already feeling like we're ready to put on our pajamas at 430 and we have to go through a million extra steps just to get out the door. Um and so like all these things are a factor. And then the third is the more shamanic view of how like our calendar is kind of screwed up when it comes to how the seasons actually work. The new year should actually be in spring. Cause if you, if you tap into the kind of the elemental aspects of our life, we have air, earth, wind, fire. And so the winter is the fall is the water winter is the earth winter is the end of the cycle when we're supposed to go into hibernation mm-hmm. and what do we decide to do as soon as winter hits we say we're going to have the most hectic month of the year and you're supposed to be happy and all the time during this time where like energetically you're going into a hibernation sp- space like a reflecting period it's a it's a death and rebirth where you're supposed to calm down and kind of the the analogy is, is you think of it like a farm like this is the, the we've done the harvest in the fall and now the field is barren and so we're sitting inside being cozy plotting out how well things went and what we want to do the next year <clears throat> and then in the spring is when we start planting the plot again so if we think about our life in the cycle of how we plant crops like we're in the part right now where the field is barren and but we don't really take that time for ourselves. And then we celebrate new year's right at the height of the winter. And we're like, it's time to do all these new things. It's time to go to the gym. It's time to be a new person. You're not ready to be a new person until the snow starts to melt. Like this is a reflection time. 
And so we can put a lot of pressure on ourselves to try to keep up a hectic pace in a time of year that really is for slowing down. That's then, why I fall that small clown. That's that unhappy clown. Yeah. <laughs> so as far as how massage helps, there is a reason why when a baby is born, the first thing they do is put it on the mother's chest. And it's because human skin to skin contact. And I know that sounds kind of weird. It releases a lot of chemicals that are good for our bodies. And so when you come in and get a massage, we're increasing the circulation. We're clearing out all the junk in your muscles. We're clearing out the junk in your lymphatic system. And we're replacing them with a lot of good feeling connected chemicals. And so when we're in this time period where we're isolated because of the weather, coming in and getting your mind and body put into that place that isn't so disconnected brings that kind of like warmth back into your soul. Yeah. So building off that, how does meditation um, go in with with self-care? So meditation is how we take care of our minds. Um, The, the, the Western idea of what meditation is, is you have this idea of like the Buddha floating three feet above a pillow in this crazy contorted yoga position his light shooting out of his head because he's one with the entire universe. And that's not really what meditation is. Meditation is a practice like going to the gym. Simply put, meditation is purposefully, purposefully being bored. It is sitting with yourself and saying like, no, we're not going to reach out for external stimulation. We're just going to be here. And it's observing where your mind tries to go when it's that bored and just gently correcting it that we're not going there. So when like the basic form of mindfulness meditation is taking a good posture, spine erect, like sitting firm, you should look dignified, but relaxed. It's comfortable. You shouldn't be in, you don't have to put yourself in pain in the posture, but you're just breathing using your breath as the focus of your attention. And when thoughts arise in your head, instead of being sucked into the rabbit hole, You just label it thinking and go back to focusing on your breath. It's still going to make some noise for a bit. It's still going to try to get your attention, but we use the labeling thinking and our breath to pull ourselves to just be where we are without needing anything else. Um, An example of what that process looks like is I was doing a walking meditation on the good old rail trail. Shout out to Salisbury on that one too. Real beautiful. And I'm walking. And so for a walking meditation, you focus on your footsteps and so I'm saying like, step, 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 step. Who is the actor in that movie? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's what happens is you're like, step, step. I am a divine being. Was that guy in this movie? And you have to just go, no, it doesn't matter. I, it is not helpful to know whether or not that actor was a supporting role in a comedy film you watched two years ago. That is just <laughs> your brain being bored. And when we learn to strengthen that muscle that can catch our minds and tell it, no, we're not going there. It allows us to be more present in where we are and to not get sucked into self-destructive thought patterns. So when you're like in that example there, like if your mind goes, oh, you start thinking about who who is that actor? What are ways to kind of bring yourself back? So I say it is as easy and as hard as to label it thinking. And it's easy because the instruction is simple. It's hard because doing it 
is hard. Um, it's going to pull at you. But what I can say is that meditation is interesting because you have a thought, like who was that actor? And you go thinking step, step, step. And your mind goes, no, we really need to know. And you go thinking step, step. And it's like, but like, what are we going to do if we don't know? And you just keep, you just keep labeling it. And then it's gone. And then you don't care in the slightest that you don't know. You forget that it even mattered. And it all happens in a matter of seconds. And so the process itself, I mean, this is my experience. I can't guarantee that it's like this for everybody else. But generally, like that is the experience is you're being an observer of what your mind does when you're not paying attention to it. There, there's some there's some stat out there. I don't know what your brain has like 42,000 thoughts a day. And we get sucked into almost all of them. Yeah. And so like the step with where you work on this practice and you start to realize that not everything is that important. And you also start to realize that when someone says something that pisses you off, you can label that just as the emotion of, oh, anger. And then it's like, yeah, we should do something. And you go, no, anger. I definitely feel anger, but we don't need to do anything right now. And you'll, sometimes it could take longer, but for a small little inconvenience, like if someone's taking too too long in line at the store, you watch the anger response come up instantly and fade away in 15 seconds. And then you don't care. And so it's just, it's very curious to be like, huh, what is important to me? And what do I actually want to put my attention into? Do you, do you offer meditation? I will be offering it. It's looking more like February. I've been telling people January, but I'm working with a mentor of mine and we're trying to put together the best program for everyone. And my certification will be done in January. And I'm looking to fully launch in February. Um, it's going to just be a, a group meditation class where we can come in. That is one of the things I'm debating. I wish I had it locked down, but it's either going to be one hour or two hours. Um, where we come in, we sit, we meditate together for 20 minutes. We share some feedback. We talk about some other spiritual concepts and then go into a secondary practice at the end of the event. And then that's it. Because there's a, like, it's important to know that meditation, there's a lot of different ways to do it. And Mindfulness is a great anchor point, but there's a bunch of places you can go from there. I'm glad you like the like the mindfulness part because the whole thinking, Drew, it's like the overthinking. Would you say that's probably one of like the top things that we do as people that it just like kills us in terms of like you know mentally and again going back to your body. I mean, I I can't think of how many I can think of how many times I do it on a day to day basis, and I wish I could just be like you know the Right, like stop. Like I've tried mindfulness before and coming back home. I think it goes back to your point from before too. Is like, you know, you you study all these things, right? But then mm-hmm. it's about doing, 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 right? And consistently doing that to make sure that um you know that you, you, again you're consistent with it. Yeah. It the the practice is the hardest part. I love reading about meditation. I don't love doing it. I love what it does for me. I don't love doing it. Mm. I don't think you're supposed to love doing it. <laughs> um, 
I, I feel like that mindfulness, like what, what is your, what do you guys think mindfulness is? I'll ask it that way. Well, I mean, it, it's, we, we hear it all the time. Right. Right. I mean, I don't know the exact definition of it, but just from my, I guess, understanding or just reading different things and it's been a little bit a while, but isn't it just kind of taking, you know, whether it's five minutes or so and just kind of being at ease, try not to like whatever kind of comes up, I, I think to your point before, whatever kind of comes up for thoughts, it let, like letting it come there and then kind of moving on. That's pretty much it. It, I guess the point I was trying to make is the, the definition of mindfulness is it's being mind. It's, it's watching your thoughts, but that doesn't like, it doesn't really sum it up that well. It's kind of a poor description. And the, the concept of mindfulness, at least from the lineage that I learned has a much bigger factor where it's being kind to what your mind does. It's being interested in what your mind does, not in a way to get sucked into it, but being gentle with it and being like, huh, it really does go all over the place. That's okay. That's all just part of me. And it's okay. Like this is, oh, wow. Look, it's going again. That's okay. We're mm. just, we're just here. We're just chilling. There's nothing wrong with what I want to get sucked into, but at my core, I have the power to not get sucked into it. It's a way of giving ourselves control to a mind that is wired to react to stimulus. Yeah. I, I think, I think in this day and age too, where the people have just dealing with so much stress and aggravation, I think that's one, one reason why people should probably get involved with meditation to give them that time frame where they take a step back from life and just try to gain some type of control over it and try to, push out the negative and stay with a positive and try to keep with that too. Because I, I think everyone's like, you know, and I told you today, there was, there was a quote from some woman I was volunteering with yesterday. So if you go to a party, you put all your troubles on the table. By the end of the party, you want to pull your troubles back because you know that you don't want to be part of everyone else's issues that think, they're going through. I think the way you said it is if you put all your troubles on the table, you're going to have trouble finding your own. Because no, it was, it's no, it's it was I, what I what she said is you're gonna you're at the end of the party you're gonna want to pull back your own troubles because you're gonna realize okay everyone everyone else's troubles are worse than you than you, you you could ever imagine it's in yours so, are I like it I like it that way what's so yeah no it, what you're saying is absolutely true you can see people who are all put together and you figure that they got it all and then if they actually like open their their briefcase you'd be like oh man I don't want anything to do with that. <laughs> But the yeah. way that I heard it was if you everyone was to sit around a table and like open their emotional briefcase, you would not be able to distinguish which which problems were yours anymore. And oh, that's another way of putting it. That yeah. second. Well, the second way, both of these are two different angles, because the second part is the stuff you're dealing with is pretty universal. And maybe people aren't talking about it, but that person sitting next to you, they're probably dealing with a lot of the same stuff as you. And like, my response to that story is I like the saying that when you're suffering, what you're really saying is everyone's having such a wonderful party, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. And like, that's where we get stuck is we say like, Oh, everyone else is having a great time. It just sucks for me. And it doesn't. And it, it seems kind of backwards. <laughs> this is the fun thing about Buddhism is it's so weirdly dark. It's 
it seems strange to be like, yeah, if you consider the fact that it sucks for everyone, you'll feel better. Hmm. <laughs> but you do because you realize that everyone needs support and everyone is like most people are probably willing to support because your trials and tribulations are not that unique. And that's that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. You're not the first person to deal with this. And there are yeah. people out there who know how to relate to you. Yeah, the um, I just feel like we do it, you know, as humans, we do it to ourselves, you know, and, you know, I know for myself, like I like I do it to myself in terms of the overthinking and, you know, like, am I going to, you know, if it's whether it's something for work or something personal or, you know, am I going to fail on this, you know, and like it's, it's overthinking. I mean, Christ, I went into like an acting class last week and memorized the lines and then completely like disaster it was like godzilla disaster <laughs> dropped my lines like three or four times and um but even going into that drew and then maybe you could touch on this like I, my head is like oh, I, I can't i can't drop the line can't drop the line can't drop the line and i'm pretty usually pretty good with it and what i don't do that but it just happened to be one of those days from like work until i took the train got into the city got into class where you know how like those days you feel like are not going as smooth as you want and you're hitting you know, obstacles and speed bumps along the way. And, um, you know, by the end of it, it was, yeah, it was like, uh, Godzilla came through and stomped the, you know, the, the whole so, town. So I, I got the, the, my, my unofficial guru is a guy called Ram Das. And if you've heard that name before, you know who I'm talking about. And if you haven't, you Most should familiar. look him up. It's R-A-M-D-A-S-S. He has a book. It's very well known and it's called be here now. His so this entire essence of mindfulness and ignoring thoughts like pushing away, not ignoring, but pushing away thoughts about the future, about the past, it's to bring you to the present. And this teaching that you can live here is just be here now. And part of it is while you were on the bus and you were freaking out, and then you fumbled your lines, your ego thinks that sucks, but objectively, it was interesting. It, it was, yeah, I, guess if you want to <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you can detach from what the future might be and what the past was, because what we do is we go, I've, I'm so good at this. I should nail it right now. And then we also think if I don't nail it, it's going to mean this happens. Then if you take it out and you're just there, you can only go, well, it's going how it's going. And by God, it is interesting. Right. Yeah. No, I, yeah. Yeah. By that time, like I got home from the train and I talked the next day and I, you know, laughed about it three or four times. I'm like, yeah. And told people like it was a disaster. But yeah, you're right. Right. Yeah. You got to take in, yourself. In his yeah. talks, one of the things that I love is he'll just constantly say, far out. And like, <laughs> that's the essence that we need to bring into the things we do because fumbling your lines in an acting class is not, it's not life and death. It feels like it. But if you can bring in that tiny voice that just says far out, like it didn't go my way. Whoa, far out, dude. That's wild. Like it, it's interesting. Yeah. And it, you have to bring that like little cosmic smile into what you do because light, if you could control everything, you'd be bored. Yeah. Life true. would yeah. be, if you yeah. knew how it was all going to work out, if I, if I could put on my magic wizard hat and come to your house and like lay out the book that says, this is what's going to happen. You're going to do this. You're going to meet this person. They're going to do this. You're going to change careers. You're going to fall in love with this person and then this person at the same time. And that's going to be a pickle. And you end up with this one. So it's all okay. <laughs> like you'd be, cause so then you'd just 
in my joke, like you'd meet the first person and be like, oh, you're the one that I end up leaving for the other one. But instead, we get to have the full experience of like really living it and not yeah. knowing what's going to happen. And the more we can surrender to what is actually happening, the more full of a life we get to have. And we just have to bring a little bit of humor in. Yeah, it's a really interesting way of looking at it. Nice. Yeah, that's very good. So true. It's it's you know I'm a first time. If I'm looking for to get a massage, it's my first time. Yeah. Why should I choose you over a chain place? Because you see the places, massage enemy, um, elementals, stuff like that. Other places that offer them. But then you have the 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 individual owners, small businesses. So why should they choose you over the big chains? So. First of all, I hope everyone chooses me. I am very good at what I do. If you feel like having a practitioner that can really laser focus in on the way I do is great. But I will also say that you should definitely just, whoever you're working with, you should feel comfortable with. Um, the, the difference between small practitioners and chains is people like me get to really know who you are. Like, Derek is kind of like, he knows that when he comes in, I remember what was going on last time, what was going on the time before that. And the time before that part of its notes. And part of it is the fact that I just actually care. Like I, with everyone who comes and sees me, I do my absolute best to remember what's going on with their bodies. What's going on with their life. Do they have trips coming up? Do they have relatives coming into town? They're going to stress them out. Their bodies are going to need different things based on all of those factors. And so I actually write in a minimum of like a 15 minute intake at the beginning of, I mean, it's not a minimum. I give myself that time. I block myself the time so that if we need to do a 15 minute intake, it's never going to stomp on the rest of my schedule. Like I want to have that time to know exactly what's going on with you. One of the issues with the chains is you usually have about three minutes you come in and they go, what's going on? You go back, neck, shoulders. And they go, okay. And then you just get started. You're being rotated between practitioners. You're working with people who have never had their, had their hands, like kind of working on your issues. And so when you go to a small practice like me, you're getting a very, like I, I advertise it as a customized treatment every time. Cause it really is. You could come in for three months and you're dealing with neck and lower back pain. And then you go and, oh, I was working this, this, this thing and I tweaked my hip and now, it, and so we're going to change the, the whole session. Like hip quad is now where you're having the pain. We're going to focus in on that. We're going to make sure that that's taken care of. We're going to make sure that we're working on everything that we've been working on and compiling them together. And you're, you're not going to like, that's what you're looking for to get out of a good massage therapist is there's a compounding of the work We're we're building success together. It's not just kind of like I say cookie cutter massage, because if when you graduate from school, that's what you know how to do is this very basic written out pre-plan that doesn't, you just do the same thing for everybody, but not everybody needs the same thing. Right. Yeah. I this what you do, I think it's like I might have to when I come up there too is schedule a session as well. I, I like the balance because you know there's the massage the massage part and then there's the the mind part, 
you know, um, the body and mind together and how much that, you know, those two correlate with each other. Um, and, and that's good. You know what I mean? Like it, it's almost not that it's a therapy session, but it, it, it's sort of, you know, kind of talking through some of those things, what's going on with your life. Like you're saying, like when you talk to my brother, you guys sit there and chat, but you know, probably what my brother doesn't realize at the time too, is that at the same time, you, you're probably gauging too and how he's feeling, you know, in a lot of ways, yep. right? By just that conversation. Yeah. And there are some sessions. <clears throat> I did a two hour session today where I probably said 10 words because that client didn't need conversation. I'll, there are some sessions where it is, I am not, so I am definitely not a therapist, but I do have, I have insight with the things that I've learned and I, I definitely know how to hold space. And so there are some sessions where, it's more about holding space and we're using the work to release the emotional tension. There's some people who come in and it's just really focused on body issues. There are some, like I have some clients who we enjoy talking. I have some clients who enjoy silence and part of being a good massage therapist is being receptive and kind of feeling out, not only how the body's responding to the work, but how the personality is responding to the work as well. Like this, it's, it is your time. Yeah. It's like a two for one though. Like you're getting at the same time. Yeah. It's because I, I wanted to be a therapist in a different life and I found this is the <laughs> way I was better at doing it. No, but that's good. That's it's, it's good. You know, I mean, that I think, you know, the therapy is, you know, regular therapy. Ther I mean, like in therapy and, um, you know, in the past wasn't looked on as it was always looked on as something wrong, but I mean, it's huge and a lot of people are involved in it um, now. And I think it's good. You know, it, it's, I, I actually, I, I'm going to use that as a little launching pad right now to say much with, with how the modern idea of therapy has shifted. People have realized in the times we're in that you don't need to just go to therapy when there's something wrong. And it's the same thing with massage. You don't need to just go to massage when there's something wrong. There is massive benefits to receive, like to enacting that pillar of self-care on yourself. Like it, the best analogy is that it is like going to the gym. You go to the gym and you exercise so that your, your body is stronger in the future. You go to therapy, you go, you go to, you get a massage, you, you work on these things. So your body is healthy in the future. It's, it's like an oil change for your car. You don't wait until the gears are grinding. You yeah. just, you, you keep up with your maintenance. So things aren't falling apart. Good analogy right there. Yeah. But too often too, would you agree, Drew? I mean, like a lot of people just let it go and it just, you know, oh. they too schedule too busy, this or that, and just trying to figure out, you know, well, and like that's a huge factor is the statement. My schedule to, is too busy means that you're under the thumb of the stress mm. because the stress response is I don't have time. And when, so what you'll find is if, if you're constantly feeling like you're too busy and then you finally carve out that time and you get your, you get your session, you'll realize that you now have more spaciousness. Your schedule has not changed, but the way you relate to it has. So like, that's what makes like releasing in, with the body, with massage and, and helping keep up with the mind it makes you realize that you're less busy than you think you are. You're just more bogged down by it when you're not doing those practices. The toughest thing is I, when I was, I was at my massage envy for a few years. And then, like I said, they shut down. 
And then I just took a step back and I said, you know, I was waiting for someone because someone else was going to different massage and people would tell me, yeah, try this one or I'll get back to you, let you know how this person is because that was the toughest thing after that. Um, I didn't want to go to a chain and I wanted to try to go to someone individual, small business, so they can just work on my concerns and needs. And that was the hottest part is trying to say, who do I jump in with next? And, you know, how do I do this? Because I don't, you know, you don't want to stop. I don't want to stop bouncing around going, I'll go to this person and I go, oh, you meet him there. Hey, they have their personality and they're just they're giving a massage and it's like, you know, it's, you know, boom, then done and they're out the door. Or someone goes in there and they, they like to talk, but they, they just can't get down to the needs. Like, you know, they just can't get to the, my pressure points because, you know, obviously me, I'm a little different. I need a little more because, uh, you know, my, some of the things I have going on. So, you know, I need a little bit more pressure. Yeah, we do look made... good. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so you need that, right? But you don't know. And some people are like, that, that was the hottest part for me to try to figure out how to pick someone and, and, and try to hope that the person I pick was – Try for me. Well, I, I will say you guys should all just pick me. It's as easy as that. Um, yeah, that's the listeners, that's good. But uh, next to that is like, I, I, I am very open. I, I have long phone conversations with prospective clients because I want to make sure that we're a good fit. And I'm willing to like talk. I'm willing to talk about your issues and then give you the game plan on the phone. So if you are listening and you're curious, just give me a call. The number's on the website. We can talk about what you're dealing with and we can, I can explain to you what the game plan would be and how I would kind of tackle what's going on. And hopefully that would, you know, put you in a really good spot. The other thing I want to mention about the chains is myself, I, I'm cheaper than the chain. So you're getting better service for less money. I think the chains have raised their prices where if you don't buy into their membership, it's like $130 for an mm. hour. I, my hours are $80. And like what? So I honestly can't understand why people are still going to the chains. Well, we'll give them uh, the reason to go see you. Exactly. And, and speaking of the, the website, I just want to hit this well. Um, companies remedy massage therapy holistic wellness um your instagram is at Every, remedy salisbury everything is remedy salisbury okay yeah and remedy salisbury.com for the listeners go check them out um yeah it's, gonna, it's a great thing too with setting up a schedule if i don't set up a schedule through drew after i leave you can go on the website and maneuver through picking your own dates and times he has open yeah, I use a I use a very intuitive online booking software. Yeah, it's it's ideal. So people like you don't have to worry about like oh I got to call up and then set something up or you go through to pick it up and of course if Drew has to make a change for something, he's you know he'll reach out to you right away and say listen I got to change it and that's very rare but it's a good thing to have where you're dealing with one on one not having the chain call you the day of the of the and again I'm not here to to knock chains or like that but to have someone call and say hey that person's sick today I can't. Yeah. You know, I got to cancel at the last second. I want to add it. Like I'm a human being, you're human beings, and we're making a connection between two human beings. I, I don't have any kind of like, it, it's a lot of like people have to, people's schedules change. People move appointments. It's not the end of the world. Like we make it work. Um, One last thing, Drew. Um, Let's talk about footwear and what that has on the body uh, for years. Like, you know, I know my brother too. Like we went to Italy, we bought some nice fancy shoes, but at the end of the day, they oh. weren't the most comfortable shoes. Um, and for years, even like with um, 
you know, working out, running, um, you know, any type of physical activity, like how important, um, that is, is such a good question. Um, Sometimes oh, don't I give him too much them, credit. I know. True. Don't let's not give him too much credit. <laughs> right to his head. I'm just going to record. And that then he's going to start trying to think. That. Yeah, then he's going to think he's going to start charging for this podcast. <laughs> no, that's that's such. A, so the reason that's such a good question is because the the honest answer is you should spend money on good shoes. Um, the your so if you think about it, consider that so part of part of massage and the whole mind body connection is we are working on we're working on your body because it only can talk to you through its feedback and its feedback is usually pain so your body like we need to create that relationship with our body think about what your body has to do every day how big are your feet really and how heavy are you (laughs) you have a very complex tool in your feet that moves you literally miles every single day and that's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of balance. It's a lot of wear and tear. And so a good pair of shoes is so important. Like I, I personally am a big fan of the Haka shoes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like they're, they are like a hundred dollars, but when you break that down over the course of the year, how much are you really spending on something that you use all day, every single day? Yeah. No, it it hundred percent. I mean, yeah. Derek, you bought those cloud shoes, right? Those. Oh yeah. Those I use them now for working out and, uh, it's a bit a big difference from just wearing another just a regular pair of sneakers. It's very helpful, um, keeps balance. It doesn't, you know, you don't have that pain that I used to have sometimes. So I would say a good pair of shoes. Spend the money you need to spend on your shoes. They're more important than your cool shirt. They're more important than your nifty hat. But also spending time walking barefoot, like mm-hmm. if you can, like walking barefoot is incredibly good for your feet. It's how they want to walk. Now they have, we have kind of evolved our feet to be used to we wearing shoes, but if you can, I mean, this is not the right time of year, like walking on the beach, walking in the grass, giving your feet a chance to like do their natural thing is important. What about yeah. a jog- jogging on the beach with um, barefoot too? So when it comes to jogging, um, if you are usually wearing a certain pair of shoes while you jog, you don't want to change that up because that's how you get shin splints. So I am not a podiatrist and so I don't, I don't know what shoes specifically to recommend, but what I do want to add in here is your gait and your posture is a big factor when you're out jogging, running, walking. Like we want, we want our knees to be in line with our feet. We want our feet to be walking straight and we need to look at like, are our hips kind of hinging open? Like, Are we walking off the sides of our feet? Another thing is, are we engaging our hamstrings or are we leaning our weight forward and just walking off of our quads and our calves? Like if you are someone who runs, if you are someone who does that kind of thing for cardio, it's worth to take the time to slow down and walk, but really focus on what I call like your butt springs. And it's hard to show without like being in the room with you, but you want to like, just slow it down and be like, okay, are my feet landing straight? Are my toes pointing forward? Are my knees bending? Am I engaging my hamstrings and my glute? Is my posture up? Are my hips, are my hips kind of underneath my spine? Is my posture straight? Am I landing and supporting myself with the full leg muscle? Because your hamstrings are your biggest leg muscle, but we underutilize them. So like 
am I really like landing into my whole foot, pushing off with my whole, with my whole leg. And those little kind of posture things, because like the more that you like have your hips properly, I hate to say like rolled, but in their proper rolled forward position, it opens up your shoulders. Is your neck up above your head? Like, is, are you, are you balancing all of that posture on top of yourself as you're moving around? Yeah. So many good things, even like with lifting too. I, I remember, you know, one of the fitness trainers telling me too, like in some people, you know, when people focus too much on doing bench presses, they don't really work in the back. And then like you're, you got that look where, you know, your arms are right. Protruding forward rather than kind of back. Oh um, yeah. Which affects your, your posture. Yeah. The, the, the boxer's posture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it's almost like having a, a nice, you know, just because you buy a pair of shoes, we have to realize after a certain period of time, Oh, they wear down. Yeah, exactly. So you just right. can't keep them. Yeah, no, that, that's, a, that's a good point. Like, cause sometimes you, you sit on it and like, and before you know it, sometimes I don't think you realize how long you've had those sneakers for some, you know? Yeah. Um, but oh. I, before I used to look at the sneakers and say, oh, that's a kind of good looking sneaker. But if it doesn't feel, you know, no. comfortable at all, I, I take a hard pass on it. I, I'll tie this back in much in the way where when you ignore a massage for too long, <laughs> if you've been rocking the same pair of sneakers for six to eight months, go to the store and try on a brand new pair and see how good they feel. Yeah. Like we are, we are very good at growing accustomed to malperformance. And so you can be rocking the same pair of shoes for two and a half years and be like, yeah, they're good. They're comfy. And then you put on the exact same pair, but brand new. And you're like, oh my God, these are yeah. night and day. And yeah. so like it's, those things are, it's important to check in with that. Yeah. It's almost like like to doctor, right? You put your your money. I think you said it, Drew. You said you know the cost of a pair of shoes if it's, if it's over hundred bucks, you know, obviously if you can afford it, right? I mean, putting that investment into that so you you know help your body, which is an important piece. You're you're spending less than a cup of coffee a day, <laughs> as the commercials always say. Right. It's yeah, you need a good pair of jeans and a good pair of shoes, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. My brother likes a good pair of tight jeans. Yeah, I do. True, I, I won't. Um, don't worry, but I won't show up to the massage wearing a tight pair of jeans. <laughs> It'll take me about an hour to get out of them. So <laughs> no one wants to watch that. Yeah, yeah. No, you don't want to wait around that long. So, Drew, I want to end with this question: What's the future for Drew Newman and Remedy Massage? Uh, my Remedy, plan? Yeah, Remedy Massage. Yeah, I. I mean, we're just we're building and building. My my plans are is I want to I'm going to integrate this meditation arm and really bring those two fields together. I want to be a one stop shop for holistic wellness. Um, I I mean, when when we get to the point, I, I do want to bring in more clientele. I know one of the one of the pieces of feedback is as a male therapist that there are some people who are uncomfortable with that. And that's totally fine. Like I said, this is a very, it, all, it's all very open. And if, and so I, I do have, I do want to bring in a female therapist for people who feel more comfortable with that, but I just need to make sure that it's someone who can provide the same level of service that I do. Um, I am not planning on franchising in the near future or anything like that, but we're just doing what we're doing. And I want to become a voice that people can use to live healthier lives. Like my my whole goal of going in this business, and it's it really is the truth. I want to help people. And the way I look at it is that I put my focus into helping people 
and the exchange, the monetary exchange we make is just so I can keep focusing on that. Like I, it, it that's really where my mission statement is in providing service. And that's, that's, that's what, that's what I'm doing. So just to follow up and just to give his, so Drew, you're located at 175 Elm Street, Suite 4, Salisbury, Mass, 01952. And you can also find all his his email and his phone number on there if you want to speak to him, as well as scheduling any type of um, future massage therapy. Yeah. Drew, is there anything that we missed that we didn't highlight? Um. How being being a massage therapist is a very interesting job, <laughs> but that's a whole other yeah. conversation. Yeah, you were telling me some stories ahead of time. Yeah, I don't uh, think it's for this type of type of podcast. Okay. No, it's 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 nothing weird. It's it's definitely nothing weird. It's it's just after as being someone who came from a retail world, being able to work in this field has just it's been incredibly rewarding. And I know that I've already stressed that, but I can't stress it enough. And I am just, I'm actively working on becoming more active in community events um, and just being involved as anyone who listened today can tell, I love this stuff and love to teach what I know. And so if anyone, even if you don't even want to book a session or you're just curious and you have questions, please do reach out because this is, this is what I do. And I just, I love doing it. Yeah, it's huge too because I think sometimes people get you know don't want to feel like they're bothering someone or you know taking up someone's time or just nervous you know. Oh, it's my, this is my favorite thing to talk about. It's why I chose it as a career. <laughs> Please do waste my time. I love it. <laughs> All right, um, I have um, Drew. You want to have uh, a little bit of fun here with some questions? For These sure, are just yeah. we're, we're going to totally go you know away from massage therapy right now, yeah. and we typically like to you know throw some questions out there. All right. Since it's Christmas, yep. all right, we'll, we'll start off with a few Christmas questions. Sure. So, Drew, we'll start with you, and then we'll go to my brother right after. The Grinch or the movie Elf? Elf. And we're, okay. Eric? I like The Grinch. Boo. Okay. Yeah, Will, Will, is a, Will Bill Farrell is a comedy genius. Mm-hmm. Elf, no. Elf doesn't fall in. So yes, Will Ferrell is a comedy genius. Elf is a unique story that doesn't that that really expresses itself as what it is, and he just has a great performance. I, and what I meant is the Jim Carrey cringe, not the cartoon or yeah, yeah, anything yeah. that falls. We're, we're talking about movies. Okay, all right. Um, Four Christmases or Fred Claus? These were both with Vince Vaughn. I don't know either of those. Jesus, oh uh, you, you, and get you know, off that podcast. Side note, you're going to chastise me about the Grinch? <laughs> I, have, I have a December birthday, so I'm very jaded against Christmas. Oh, I get you. Derek? Four Christmases. Oh, okay. All right. Drew, have you seen Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Most of it. Most of it? Man. All right. So, Derek, we'll start with you then. Sam the Snowman or Yukon Cornelius? Oh, I love Sam the Snowman. That's Burl Ives' character right there. It was perfect. Dude, Yukon. He's the... I do know... Yukon's the man. <laughs> what are you doing? Everything I should say, you're going to go opposite now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, Drew, I'm not sure if you ever watched 90210, but I'm going to totally take a, a different route road here. Yeah. Um, but this is going back. All right. 
Kelly Taylor, Jenny Garth, Valerie Malone, Tiffany Amber Thiessen, or Gina Kincaid, Vanessa Marcel Derrick? Oh, I'm going for um, Tiffany Thiessen. Drew, do you know who they were? No, I'm going to counter this by saying um, <laughs> Zach's girlfriend from Said by the Bell. Oh, well, we're uh, yeah, yeah. on that one. That's Kelly. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's, yeah, well, that's yeah, not t- Kelly. That's yeah, Tiffany. Yeah. Tiffany. Yeah, Tiffany yeah. Thiessen. Um, um, you're probably not going to know this one, um, Drew, but my brother will. So funnier Steve Sanders scene reaction. I don't even know. Who is Steve Sanders? I and oh. Ian Zarin. You should have hit, hit me with the Arnold Schwarzenegger questions, man. Oh, yeah. oh you heard that one? No, I'm just that. I am okay. a diehard uh, uh, Schwarzenegger okay. fan. Well, Schwarzenegger or Stallone. It's not even a question. The Austrian <laughs> okay. death machine all the way. Um. All right. Let me. I'll try to think of something, Drew. I'll, I'll get through these ones. So, funnier Steve Sanders scene reaction, Derek. Steve Sanders getting hit up the head with a beach ball by Celeste, or kissing a woman that ended up being a man. Oh, kissing a woman was being a man. <laughs> <laughs> Without a doubt. All right. Um. Since we're in the winter season two, would you rather have fifteen degree weather for one week straight, or two weeks straight of rain at forty degrees? I mean, we kind of experienced both of them. Oh, last year, yeah, I know. We? God, that's like a horror thing. <laughs> I, I, just, I came back from Vegas and moved. it was just rain for a month. <laughs> oh, my God. I'd have to say the 15 degrees. Yeah, I could, I, I could, yeah, I could take the 15 for a week. Yeah, I, I mean, for a week. Any, yeah, we deal with Two weeks of rain would be just a horror show. I would say. You'd <laughs> especially, have to, in this, especially around this time of year. Negative. Oh, my God, stuck. For a week. Here's oh, my, my argument. Here's my argument. Uh, rain in the winter needs to be above 32 degrees right yeah but i said 40 same. degrees i said rain at 40 degrees yeah which is that is better than negative 15 yeah true yeah i think you just take the 15 degrees get it over with and move on right oh yeah just meditate through it okay yeah exactly <laughs> go go see yeah. drew go see yeah. drew we'll for meditate every day. for the week straight we'll just meditate to the how this is we'll just go far out it's cold far out man <laughs> far out all right um okay setting the scene ufo lands Mm -hmm. okay and a little alien walks off friendly alien we know he's good yeah he she is good they say to you hey i'll take you anywhere in this ship there's three places you can go one you can go to space two you can just travel the world above water and go anywhere for the whole day and this is for the whole day or Travel underwater for the whole day and just hit everything from you know Atlantic Ocean, Pacific Ocean, Antarctica, wherever else. Which one would you choose? Space, easy. Derek. So you can go to space for what a day? You said. So you go. You can go wherever you want for the day in the ship. They, they say, "Hey, listen, you and you're going to go in there. It's yeah. going to be comfortable wherever you go. It's the top right, well, that's, nice. that's key. That's key. Right there. <laughs> it's like I flight of the net. It's like flight of the navigator. So I want to go to okay. where this alien came from because I want to see their culture. Space. Yeah. I think we have to say space. Yeah, hundred percent. Otherwise, the next one would be definitely underwater because that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I. That, that was me too. Under, I would underwater say. would be super cool, especially if they had like proper pressurization and we wouldn't have one of those Titanic incidents. Yeah, well, uh, that the, would. The, yeah, we we'd have would to, be. Yeah. It would be assuming that <laughs> everything given. would go in there. A pressurization, warmth, there's, everything. There's there's aspects of the the bottom of the ocean that humans have still like never really explored. Right. So that's right. why it's like yeah, you, know, you it's see space. Crazy. You see space. On TV, or like you watch, you know, them when they're up in space and stuff like that. So you can see that. Seeing the bottom of the ocean sometimes, like, is, is 
deep as the Titanic is. You know, I mean, that type of depth, you, you know, they don't get many opportunities to see that. So sure. it's a tough one. That's just my particular is I would want to go to space and visit this advanced culture. And so you yeah. guys are starting to see how we get wrapped into an extra hour of conversation every session. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I told them to listen to our, uh, our UFO episode with uh, yeah. Ron James. I told him with Travis oh, Walton. Yeah. He didn't know. He didn't really know what Travis Walton was. So we almost. What? 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 If you go to space, uh, obviously you said you wanted to see their, their where they live. What, what, uh-huh. what planet would you want to go to first, though? I mean, that's that's my whole constituent here. Is I want to see a habitat, like an inhabited planet. Yeah. That would be, like, so it's gonna be like Mars or something. Yeah, what did you drew? What did you for here? We're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna put it back at you here. Yeah. Wouldn't you just want to go a place that's not inhabited so no. you could get on your mindfulness and meditation for and have yeah. the whole planet to yourself? Yeah, he's good. He made a good ha, point, ha, Pedro. Ha, ha, ha. He did. He made a good point. There's no one there to bother you. For yeah. let's think for you could go for an hour and just say, you know what? Well, I'm, I'm gonna take out wait, hold on, I'm gonna take out a chair, a little lounge chair. My brother's got a couple of those beach chairs. Post that thing up on the moon somewhere and just sit there with your glasses on and I will double I will double counter you and say oh. in 2023 you can go to any local park and there's no one there. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> and even if they are, they're locked into their phones and they don't see you. Well, yeah, that's true. It wouldn't have to be a habitable planet though, but you can't go to like Jupiter. I mean, it's not like or Saturn. Oh, it's not like uh, so it's, 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 I am I'm gonna go deep. Okay. If an alien came, that means the alien came from somewhere. I would be interested to see their culture. Oh, okay. Because I'm I'm big into the concept of how behavior affects our like the way we react to things. Like you consider the concept that if we were to have three fingers instead of five, we'd probably have a base three counting system instead of a base 10 counting system. And so all of those little permutations change the entire reality of what their like organizational structures, their spirituality, their government. Like everything about their philosophy would be different based on just like the butterfly ripples of a different planet. That's why I want to see a different civilization. Drew, you've, been thinking, you've, been thinking, you've been thinking about this way too long, Drew. Uh, that's what I just came up with. You probably right go now. to bed now. You fast. go to bed and you, you think about this before you go to sleep. He's like, if Brett asked this question tonight, I call, I these, I call these my high concept ideas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So. Let me see. What can I do for Schwarzenegger? As long as you okay. didn't bring up butted sausage, that's all we didn't want to hear. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So, I don't know if this is like even a Predator or a Terminator. Oh, that is a good, Terminator Two. Terminator Two. Terminator Two is the best action movie ever made, just from like plot pacing and everything they did with it. I mean, how can you go like, when you think Terminator about, like, Two? Oh, the Terminator. Yeah, Terminator I Two. Thinking, I thought was, I was thinking of Predator Two. I was like, what? If I had a if if I could use a time machine and go back to a large amount of different moments and times, one of them is I'd like to have my memory erased and go see Terminator Two for the first time in theaters, not knowing that Arnold was going to be a good guy. I can only imagine. I, I'm sure they ruined it in trailers, but I wonder what it would be like to like be a big fan of the original Terminator and then mm. to see the second one and that scene where he reaches down to Sarah Connor and says, come with me if you want to live. Oh, like right, how yeah. mind-blowing that would have been if you didn't know that was the twist. Yeah, that's a good point. That's almost like that scene from um, that last Avengers movie when um, that part where uh, Black Panther comes out. Did you see them that last one? The Infinity War and Endgame? Yeah, Endgame. I think it was, Endgame was the last one, right? Yeah. yeah. Remember when they, like um, Captain America is just standing there and all of a sudden he hears something at the earpiece? And then, like you see, like the um, 
Doctor Strange portal. Yeah, and then yeah. um Black Panther walks out, then like the theaters went I all I remember from social media were, you know, a bunch of videos of that and people just screaming going. Uh, I just I assume that the the Terminator 2 reveal was like as intense as the no, I am your father from Star Wars. <laughs> so would that be so Terminator 2, like or you you already kind of said it. So let me ask you. Here, here's another. One. Yeah, yeah. Go so ahead. she was a little bit younger than us. So you got to remember that. So that's I know, why you wouldn't remember the nine two one zero. No, but yeah. it was a question. Is like if you could go back and like if if there's only one movie you could watch the rest of your life, which movie that would you have? Um, I mean, there's a couple. I I used to watch Pineapple Express every single night before I went to bed. That Pineapple movie Express. is that movie is hilarious. Um, Shot of the Dead is one that I watched over and over again. If there's one movie I could go back and watch for the first time again, it would be True Romance. Mm. I when I was I was in film school in my previous life and a buddy told me to watch it. And I said to him, I go, because there's so many twists and turns and you don't know where it's going to end up. And I was like, I wish I could watch this for the first time because that's the curse. Once you've seen it once, you're never going to be able to experience all of the reveals again. All right. I think that's um that, that's so true. The... Yeah, so true. You should be happy. You probably want you're probably gonna end our season this year for us for our 2023 season because I'm just I think we have here, man. Oh no, we appreciate that too, but I think you're gonna be our last guest of 2023. You're gonna go out with a bang for us. We're gonna be our we're you know we're scheduling for 2024 now, but um I think this is it. I don't think we have anything else coming up. So and we're coming up, maybe you'll push us over ten thousand downloads we're, up to, we're almost to nine thousand now so we gotta we need a little extra oomph to get there when he's trying to tell you drew you should feel very very special that you're ending our season yes and then <laughs> the, what i was jokingly saying is next time when i come back it is when my my dj career boosts off the ground <laughs> then i can come do an Perfect. interview as a dj <laughs> so drew already has it already is next time like we're gonna invite him back yeah yeah after <laughs> after he said after he said Earlier in the episode, he said to anyone who's listening, like, we make it sound like we have no one. Yeah, listening. I know. That's <laughs> <laughs> not what I meant. <laughs> like, hello, hello. <laughs> like the Grinch. Yeah, they are. <laughs> How are you? How are you? No, I just, you know what? I like to, I like to keep the mind that oh, I'm going to end this on a big philosophical note. It is important. Right, just keep, stage, Drew. Take it away. It is important to keep in mind with everyone you inter- interact with that we're all dealing with our own struggles, our own experiences, our own. We're all having our own unique experience of this life, and you never can assume what someone else's experience is. So sometimes you want to create that space to just realize that things that work for you aren't going to work for other people, and things that work for them won't work for you. But like that's. That's all part of the journey, and it's all okay. That's so well said. Um, but taking the space to find to find those connections and keep that open space for all the people in our lives. And well, if so. you have a New Year's resolution after the first of the year, make sure I you talk to Drew and, and have, I'll tell you and to not do it meditation. until the spring. <laughs> no, you want listen, Drew. You start your meditation in You're January, right. February. You want them to That's come true. out to you. Yeah. What are you doing? Talking them out of it now. I know. <laughs> but if I mean yes, you should make a New Year's resolution on the first to start meditating and massaging. Should, but then you should also make New Year's resolutions that start in the spring because that's when you have the energy to do them. Uh, question on it, Drew. Do yeah. you do um, um, gift certificates, gift cards, things like that I, too? I definitely do gift certificates. I also do packages. Um, okay. So the gift certificates are are pretty simple. It's just what you'd expect. 
pay for, give to, they use. Uh, the packages are, there are 10% discount packages. It's a block of five one hours and four 90 minutes. If you buy all of them up front, you get 10% off. And that is a great way, honestly, to get yourself in the habit because, you know, it takes us three times to build a habit. So once you get into the routine, you're going to keep rolling with it and you will see the benefits. Awesome. Thanks, Drew. I really appreciate taking time. I know you had a last, you know, late night massage with someone who took a lot of time and, uh, yeah, two hour deep tissue, but here we yeah. are. It's nine yeah. o'clock. I'm feeling great. Thank everyone uh, for joining us again. Another episode of three guys podcast. We will catch you on uh, next season. Probably. Well, yeah. Merry Christmas. If this is the last yeah. one and uh, happy new year. <laughs>